story. Welcome back to Pilot Boys. My name is Caesar. I am your host. Today I am joined by the one and only editor of the show. Michelle. Michelle, what is up? Nothing. We're in how is, lockdown uh, how is part the podcast, two. How is the podcast editing life? Uh, on the Pilot Boys front, kind of dead. We haven't done anything since October. Hey, uh, hey Michelle, take that out. Hey, Michelle, oh, take that out. Oh, sorry. Don't, sorry. Don't, don't am I not supposed to like call that. us out? Hey, 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 chill it, fool. We're not supposed to... People, are not... People aren't supposed to know that we took a break. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Um, so today, we are doing Truth Seekers, the new Amazon show starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Mm-hmm. And you approached me saying you wanted to watch it because you're a big fan of them. Yeah. And it is kind of a horror comedy genre about, like... You know, kind of like the ghost hunters thing. Yeah. But what did you think the first episode? Like, what were your initial thoughts? I liked it. Um, I guess the only issue I had, which, I mean, it wasn't really an issue, but, like, based off of the trailers and stuff like that, it kind of mm-hmm. seemed like Simon Pegg would be more involved. Or is that just yeah. me? No, like, for sure. Like It, it seemed like that's... he was going to play like a bigger role but like so far well just based off of the first episode he's just kind of nick frost's boss that he talks to occasionally like he comes out like for a total of maybe four minutes throughout the whole episode yeah it's kind of hard to not feel like he's obviously the star like the one with the most star power yeah yeah it kind of feels like they just like threw him on and then they were just like oh like Let's trick people into thinking Simon Pegg is going to be a big role in this, but he did it in the first. Yeah, and they even threw in that. I don't know. <clears throat> they even threw in that line where they're like, "Oh, did you did you notice his wig?" Like calling attention to the bad wig that he wears in the in the show. Yeah. But yeah, I'm with you on that. I thought that so. Before that, uh, it was created by Nick Frost, uh, Simon Pegg, James Sarah Finowitz, and Nate Sunders. It's like a. It's like an Amazon thing, but, you know, they're doing the BBC thing. I don't know. I don't know how the BBC thing went. It doesn't matter. But so Simon Pegg takes like a, a more backseat, you know, like a, he's producing it and he's also like writing the episodes. So he's involved. He's just not in it as much. Yeah. I'm just saying like based off the trailer, it looked like he would be more like on the show, like, yeah, like yeah, acting yeah, for sure. in the show. No, no, no! I'm with you on that. Even in the in the poster, like he's he's on the poster, even though like there are people who get way more screen time. Yeah, like I, I think it's definitely like a marketing thing. Without yeah, a doubt, definitely. Um, so the first episode. Oh well, I I also really enjoyed the first episode. I just felt like I did feel a little bad that I didn't watch this during Halloween because this this felt like the perfect. Yeah. You know, like show to to cap that. Yeah. But also it just felt fun to like see these dudes, Nick Cross and Simon Pegg. Like just be back in, you know, horror comedy cuz I think they do it so well. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I think a big part of that for me at least was the fact that uh they they take the horror seriously, you know, like I heard an interview by Simon Pegg uh 
for Comic Con, he was talking about how like the way that they make it work is that you gotta treat the genre stuff seriously and then the comedy just works with it. Like it just kinda naturally pairs with it. Yeah, definitely. I I think like well, I I, I don't think I told you, but when I fr- I watched it actually a while ago. Not the whole thing, just the first episode. Mm-hmm. And I watched it at night, and it honestly, like, creeped me out. Like, I was honestly, like, yeah. creeped out as I was watching it. And I was kind of surprised because I thought, it, like, it would be kind of more... I mean, it was funny, but I, was, I, was, I wasn't expecting to be as scared as I was. Yeah, and it's also one of those things where, like, it's kind of hard to accomplish that in a TV show. Because, I don't know, I, I've seen a lot of TV shows where, like, they'll take... I also want to say that the show looks great. Like, I thought yeah. the on-location shooting and, like... The houses were interesting and like they were creepy because you know English houses look old and shit. But it was just the fact that they shot everything on location that looked it looked good. Like everybody, like just the shots in general looked good. Like the way that they shot, you know, his dad going up the stairs and like they framed him like making tea. Just I, I just thought that there was like some interesting camera work that I wasn't expecting. Yeah. All right. So the first episode is about Nick Frost's character whose name is Gus, and he basically works at, like, an Amazon-type thing, and he goes uh, to visit this lady, and she has, like, a cut HDMI cord. He replaces it, and then there's, like, some spooky things that happen. And Gus, Nick Frost's character, is kind of... uh, They describe him as lost, but he's kind of, like... The kind of, like, nerdy dude who, like, obviously cares about certain things but doesn't care about anything else. Because he's really into, like, finding ghosts or like paranormal things he's got like a a youtube channel but he's also very like excited by that stuff like he doesn't even like the guy that he's training because he thinks he's stupid because he he much rather be looking for ghosts type thing um and the first episode just gives us kind of a taste of like the paranormal stuff throughout the, the town but as a first episode i thought it worked like it there was enough intrigue to like keep the story going and like i could see how they can like get into a rhythm of like finding their own little ghosts and like taking care of them but i don't know i i i was a fan i was like genuinely enjoying myself watching this yeah it seems kind of like a like a monster of the week show but then also like they have like an overarching arc which is kind of introduced at the beginning so when the first when the show first starts off you see this girl in her room. Her name is Astrid. Uh, she hears a smoke alarm go off and she goes into the kitchen and she sees her mom and she's calmly washing dishes while the whole kitchen is on like fire around her. And then yeah. from there, there's an explosion. And then all of a sudden, Astrid wakes up in an empty hospital. And yeah. then as she's walking the halls, she sees her burned mother and like some or- some sort of other paranormal creatures like going after her and then that's when the show starts off and then you don't really see her until the end of the episode again where um elton and uh gus are just finishing up their job with uh the old lady and she runs in front of their car and she stows away into their car and the reason she did that was because she was running from the mother and the other paranormal creatures. Yeah. So the mother is like burned, like a ghost who's like burned kind of thing. Yeah. So it seems so that's like where, that's where then that, those two narratives come together. 
Yeah, so it seems that the Astrid story is going to be kind of like the the season-long story. But then yeah. every episode's going to have like their own ghosts or yeah, paranormal for thing. sure. What did you think of uh, the jump scares in this? Where, did you think they were cheap? Did you think... Because I think, I think the thing that I feel like shows like these have to balance is, you know, you don't want to go so far into homage that it starts to become like either parody or like plagiarism like you don't want it you want you don't want it to go so far where it becomes like plagiarism or like just like a nostalgia dump of horror genre shit Mm. um so i I was surprised to like or not surprised rather just i I enjoyed that the horror elements felt kind of horror-y where like they had like the sharp music to like indicate that something spooky just happened or you know just kind of like a silent figure just like passes by in the in the foreground mm-hmm. so i thought those elements were cool but I, I wanted i wanted to know what you thought of them as being like someone who doesn't usually like horror like where you mentioned that you were scared obviously i mean it's horror so i expected there to be like some sort of jump scare like some sort of like creepy like elements to it um but i think the one that worked best was the one where they used it to make fun of so it it was uh gus is kind of just sitting around tinkering with his stuff at home and you kind of see like uh like a like a figure pass by and then it just happens to be his dad his his like old dad who's just kind of like lurking around but like Mm -hmm. they play into that like horror element so that like it's kind of creepy, but it's not because it's supposed to be funny. And I feel like that one was the one that was the most, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the for? most noticeable or like the most, like it, it starts to go from like a horror comedy show about, you know, these ghost hunters. And it, it goes from just being like homage to like its own thing because it starts to use those same elements but in a comedic way, which, you know, is not necessarily strange territory for Nick Frost or, or Simon Pegg. Like, yeah. Shaun of the Dead, the reason why it's so good is because, like, a lot of the comedy is played for laughs, but it also, like, it finds a new way to, like, be its own thing, I, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Or, or my interpretation of what you said, you felt like. Yeah. Like, because, you know, usually those little those little scares do just, like... Set, set up the expectations for the audience to, like, be scared. But in this situation, it was, like, gen- genuinely a funny shot. Yeah, exactly. Shot in the same way as you would a horror. But mm-hmm. you change kind of, like, the outcome by making it funny. Yeah, exactly. They hint that Gus was married or has a wife or one of those things. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I feel like his whole inspiration or uh, his whole like backstory is gonna have to do like with his wife and the paranormal like i feel like that's why he's so invested in it yeah that part felt a little cliche to me yeah that's what i was gonna ask you like do you think that like like it's just kind of like cliche it's overdone like should it not be yeah his motivation like even supernatural did it dead girlfriend gets him into the supernatural or like i think that's what they're going for it felt like just a way to communicate the fact that he's 
I mean, for lack of a better way to describe it, he's got nothing going for him, really. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, his, his significant other's dead, and, like... I don't think the show ever presents him as necessarily a loser, but I think he's he's not a loser, but he's just kind of a regular guy, you know? Like an average dude yeah. who has an interest in the paranormal. But the dead wife thing is just kind of tired now. It's just like, what is that? I mean, maybe it'll add something in the later seasons, but I don't think it really did anything for me in the first episode. Well, I was going to say, like, do you think, like, a lot of these paranormal shows are just kind of like regurgitating like the same tropes over and over and like are you tired of them or do you think that like this show wasn't tropey enough for it to just make you hate it yeah i think that's an interesting question because like this show because of what what it deals with and how it deals with it which is to say the horror genre with uh, a different uh take on it you know a comedic take but i think that so this is what i was trying to get into like the fact that because they're dealing in this world and like these narratives they have to kind of rely on certain things to tell stories but you don't i guess this is a balancing act of like you don't want to rely too much because then it just feels like kind of tired but if you don't maybe it won't set up the world but i personally think that the wife thing didn't really add much but uh i don't know what did you think of it what did you think of those tropes and like were they passable to you because of the show is not directly dealing with them like engaging with those tropes in the same way and like like did it bring down the show for you well obviously like tropes are usually like not a good thing to see like is just overdone and stuff but I, I feel like if it works well on its own like if it's done well it doesn't really matter like the tropes that i had does that make sense like, like you it, can it get away with using well. tropes yeah like if if it's so a good show on its own like a trope here and there is a, a deal breaker so you're saying that the the wife stuff or were there other tropes you're talking about that was the one i was thinking about specifically I'm pretty sure, like, that's gonna be a big thing in, like, the story. But I'm interested to see how they do it and whether, like, it still works well and if it's different yeah. enough that it doesn't feel, like, tired. In terms of the characters, uh, like, inner lives, I, I wish that they were, you would have gotten more from the Elton John characters, like, backstory. Because I think you get a lot just based on his character like he's kind of a a feel a fearful person who like obviously feels out of his depth like doing this but it's kind of interested you know like morbidly interested Mm -hmm. but i i felt like the the little moment where like he goes home and like his girlfriend's doing like a dot like cosplay i don't think it added anything oh was it his sister yeah got it oh that makes i guess that makes a little more sense but i feel like i don't know i would have liked to have seen something about his inner home but i guess they did the same thing for nick frost where like the only thing you really know about him is that he lives with his dad yeah and that he likes you know the esp shit yeah i don't know i i think i think the first episode was like a nice appetizer to getting into the show it felt kind of short in a bit like in a sense yeah. because i'm so used to like these supernatural type shows 
they're usually like the like hour like block shows you know what i mean yeah and then Mm. this was like half of that i don't know i kind of wanted it to be longer but and also like i think we expect that like this kind of shit is just the beginning of the movie you know like setting up the characters and like setting up the situations yeah and you know it trans transported to a show it's it's it does seem a little cut short because like in the movie you know like you get like i don't know something like Shaun of the dead the setup is like 30 minutes and then he starts to see like the zombie stuff yeah exactly so this just feels like a setup and i mean i wish it was longer but i mean obviously the season but yeah yeah i think it's just like a cute like cool little homage show at the same time like kind of doing its own thing but in a way where like you can see that these guys have dealt in this territory before and like they know how to make this shit now you know like it doesn't feel like just like a cheap show thrown together in this vein it feels like people who have experience with this kind of stuff and it also is a show that i think nick frost and one of the other creators would like been wanting to do for a while yeah and it it, it 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 at some point i did start to feel like oh this is cool like simon Pegg and nick frost are just homies and like they get to just make this show about like essentially just being like ghost hunters it did feel as this i guess it did hit, hit that like nostalgic Element nerve for, for me because like like seeing simon Pegg and nick frost across from each other yeah i did wish that we got more though I mean, it's it's still nice seeing like two friends making things together and like like them putting themselves into it. Yeah, but I don't know. I guess we'll see. I, Amazon Amazon shows. I don't know. They can either be good, but I feel like the comedies. There's something to be said. I think about like how their comedies aren't ever all that like great. What about Fleabag? Like, is that a comedy though? That feels like Phoebe Waller-Bridge, you know? Like, I feel like she's a force on her own. Mm. Like, there are people who also have, like, storied careers. And, like, I'm thinking of Upload. The Greg Daniel show that was about, like, the afterlife and you get uploaded. Oh, that did one you just continue watching s- it? We didn't finish it, but it just felt cheap. You know, mm. like, it felt like a show thrown together. With, like, high concept, but obviously they didn't have the same kind of budget. And to me, it felt like a response to The Good Place. But this one just feels kind of like its own thing. Yeah. And I'm getting, like, a good vibe from it where, like, oh, this will just continue to be, like, cool. Yeah. Versus the other one, it felt like they were trying to do a lot. And, like, they necessarily didn't have the resources to, like, pull everything off. Mm. Which is why I bring up all the extra stuff. Because, like... Upload a lot of times just looked like it was green screen or like they shot it on a, like on a set. And this one, like it feels like they took more care into it. Maybe it doesn't have the same budget, but they don't necessarily have to because like it's not as super high concept. Yeah. But maybe, I don't know, maybe the budget just goes into all the like practical effects for the ghosts and shit. And then there are other comedies. Like, I don't know, like Amazon's career, like Amazon's story or... Amazon's uh, history with comedies. It didn't, I don't know, like, Transparent was good, I guess. But, you know, kind of aged. Well, I mean, based poorly. off of the, like, reviews for this, it seems like people like it. 
just on That's like good. the Amazon reviews. I mean, I don't know what yeah. anyone's saying outside of this. I mean, I'm just glad. I'm just glad to see this was like still working and shit. And Simon Pegg, obviously, like he was in The Boys too, and like he's like a big star now. Yeah. Did this feel at all like the new era of Simon Pegg, Nick Frost stories? Like, wow, you know, spaced was a big deal to a lot of people. Yeah. I think Shaun of the Dead is what like truly introduced the world to Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Yeah. It's been sixteen years since. Like, does this feel like the new era where like they're not just like twenty something year olds anymore? Or like does this feel like you know, in that vein. This kind of feels like they're taking control of their own stories. I feel like people, like, fell in love with them, like, in Edgar Wright stories. But, like, this is them, like, really showing off what they can do, like, outside of that. It should be said that, like, Shaun of the Dead was co-written by Simon Pegg. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, um, like now they have more, I guess, control over it. Like, everything? Yeah. I'm trying to think about it in, like, a timing kind of thing. Like, 16 years ago, I think that it was ripe for a Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, 2020, does anybody, like, expect this kind of shit? Like, does anybody expect truth seekers? Like, do people still have paranormal interest in that way? Or do you think it's just going to be, like kind of an evergreen thing where like you can keep returning to it to kind of make fun of the ghost stuff because i think by 2004 the zombie i think it was actually early to the zombie craze yeah i mean early relatively because obviously like day of the dead and like all that shit Mm -hmm. was big but like you know in 2010 with the walking dead like the zombie craze really fucking blew up and shot of the dead like was a perfect film to like parody all of that and it was like early to it and but like what i'm saying is truth seekers i don't know if there's still that much of an audience for like that kind of shit like the esp ghost stuff like i feel like that kind of stuff fizzled out i don't know dude supernatural <laughs> just ended the fans are looking That's what I'm for a kick like i feel like the world is kind of over the I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking about, like, the horror stuff in general. Because you asked me, like... I don't know what you asked me. You asked me something about the horror genre. And then I started to think about, like, how the horror genre now is kind of in a different place. Like, I think the guy who's, like, the the main dude, like, one of the top guys in horror right now. Obviously, Blumhouse, like, you know, the Paranormal Activity, Get Out, like, all that stuff. Mm. That studio is still big. But Ari Aster, the guy who did... uh hereditary mm. and uh midsummer mm. like those horror movies are completely different than oh okay um i think i got what you're like saying. it's a new it's a new era of horror i think versus like yeah. Shaun of the dead was parroting the 80s versions of horror mm. um in like the 2000s mm-hmm. and i would say that this one truth seekers is kind of parroting the like diy ghost stuff you know like it is kind of parodying the stuff of the 2000s like the the late 2000s and the 2010s where like everybody just started to do it themselves well i mean can't you but what i'm saying is i don't know if it's as popular as it used to be 
I feel like it would still be ex- <laughs> a success just, um, I guess, in terms of nostalgia. Like, providing that for people that were into that kind of horror. Like, the, yeah. like, jump scare, the, like, creepy things that go bump in the night, supernatural type horror. Yeah, because... As opposed But also, to- like, okay. Sorry. Not to cut you off, but I don't... I think that this is this is and like a good point to you. Back to the thing about like the kind of horror that Shaun of the Dead was making fun of. That felt like it was it could be part of like the eighties kind of stuff, you know? But this yeah. one and I think to your point, is it does feel like they're making kind of a a horror movie from the late two thousands slash twenty tens where like the jump scare thing was like standard. Yeah. Essentially, what, what what I think is interesting is that they have to make a movie that's a horror movie and then start to tilt it, like, balance the scales where, like, you start to favor more comedy or, like, you start to inject comedy in it. Mm-hmm. But you have to first start off with, like, making that horror thing. So, so you feel like they're kind of doing the same Shaun of the Dead equation? No, I wouldn't say that necessarily. I'm just thinking about, like how this is like being understood at the time mm-hmm. and like like thinking about this piece of media and like all the things that go into it in terms of timing like when it came out and like who these guys are now in their career and like the difference between like when they started doing the horror comedy stuff mm-hmm. like at this point this is a new era of that mm-hmm. like they're already into the second maybe third part of their like their careers doing that like this is this is late this is a later part of their careers what i'm saying Mm. like they've almost graduated to like from like the stuff that they grew up to to like the more modern stuff does that mean like do you think this is like too late i don't know that's what i'm trying to figure out like if this still has an audience outside of like just being fans of nick frost and simon peck That's what I'm getting at. I don't know. I feel like the comedy element is what would bring the audience now. You know what I mean? Like, even if you're not a fan of, like, that old horror, like, you think it's outdated and stuff like that, I feel like the comedy makes it so that it's more timeless, in a sense. Yeah. But, like, the thing that's going to get people to watch it, is it going to be the horror element? Like, the horror comedy stuff? Or is it going to be... The fact that these two people made something that you liked that was horror comedy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm getting at. And also, like, once they start watching it, I think the narrative is kind of like... No one has to care about the narrative necessarily because you, you're here for the stars. But then you end up liking it because you liked those stars. And you realize, like, oh, they're veterans in this. Like, they maybe pioneered... Like, they were part of the pioneering group. Mm-hmm. of the horror comedy because there's there is other horror comedy to be sure like yeah. scary movie was that like if we're talking about like horror comedy it was explosive in the 2000s mm-hmm. like there was an entire franchise about it yeah but at the same time those things situated themselves in like it was meta like you it was a movie about making horror movies or like a movie that broke down horror movies because scream was that also yeah. And this one that that's why I'm trying to that's is what I was trying to figure out is just like in this new era of horror 
are they now are they just going back to nostalgia and making fun of other horror or are they just making fun of the most recent era of horror i don't, I don't know mean, i don't know but back you to your point like about like fan. what's drawing people in like is it the horror element or is it these stars at least for me it was just that it was nick frost and simon pegg i mean also like nick frost isn't like a stranger to this like he was on attack attack the block yeah and that's kind of i mean mostly horror but it had some some comedy elements yeah definitely anyway well that's all i have to say about it anything else you want to say about it i do not have anything to add all right what would you rate it the first episode maybe a 4.5 i just wish it was longer i think that's my main complaint was i wish the show was longer we didn't even talk about fucking uh alex from uh a clockwork orange he's a dad oh yeah he is yeah he's also in community also shout out yeah um yeah i mean i'm i'm pretty similar i'd give it a four so that it was really enjoyable but i don't think it like it's like trailblazing anything Mm, i think it's enjoyable because it's people who know how to make this kind of stuff this genre of of horror comedy yeah and they do it well but i don't think it's like i don't think it's doing it i don't it's it's no shot of the dead you know yeah yeah that's true it's no it's not like i don't think it's creating a new lane by doing this necessarily Mm -hmm. i think it's just more of like what they do which is i think ultimately what i was getting at so i'd go four i was enjoyable it was it was easy to watch and yeah just watching these dudes is is fun all right last question like who do you like better among the two nick frost or simon peck like in this show like in general uh i think simon peck yeah he's always like the star yeah i mean it's like key and peel but that one's difficult i mean it's it's hard in general because like i mean i feel like i like them both together the most yeah you know what i mean like Like, i i can't think of anything that simon Pegg came out in where i was like like floored by him same thing with nick frost but like together they're just so great but did this feel like a simon Pegg nick frost show it felt more like a nick frost show just because, like, we saw more of them. Like, we didn't really see their chemistry. Like, the thing you enjoy about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. Because I think... I mean, I think this is the tr- this is true of, like, a lot of duos. Um, mm-hmm. Like, once you once you see, like, the, the, the duo... Like, the comedy duos start to, like, split up. And, like, you don't know if you fuck with their new shit. Because, like, what you enjoyed was what they made together. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, I think it's, it's a fun show. It's well-written. It's, like... It's all those things. But it still has the spirit of it, even if they're, it's not a show about, like, their banter or, like, their relationship. Yeah. Or their dynamic. I mean, that's not to, like, shit on, like, the guy Elton. Like, he, he was cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying. But, I'm, I'm just used to, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, for sure. the Simon Pegg, uh, Nick Frost, like, duo. Yeah, for sure. Do you think it's gonna keep going? Uh... Like, do you think it's gonna... I mean, I'm sure they could keep going. It's only like eight episodes. I'm sure not everything's going to be resolved in there. Maybe like the story arc of like the season, but I'm sure they could like continue to add on. I don't know if I want it to, though. It's also like shows like this. You always have to ask like, 
did you do this just because like you want to tell the story real quick but like there's no way it's sustainable for like a star like Simon Pegg yeah exactly I don't think he's gonna keep doing this necessarily I mean but who knows like I think that's also an interesting conversation like Seth Rogen has like five shows that he's still part of he's Mm -hmm. obviously like a huge star Mm -hmm. but I don't know It, it always kind of bothered me because like you get involved with certain shows because, like, of the certain names that are involved. But once you start to think about, like, it going further, you're like, there's no way it's sustainable for them to, like, keep being involved in such a huge commitment of yeah, a TV show. Yeah, that's true. Like, uh, like all every fucking J.J. Abrams show mm. where, like, he's there for, like, two seconds just to lend his name. Exactly. I could see it go on another season. If it's, like, it would be cool if they did, like, a... Sherlock thing where like they just came back when they could to tell these stories uh, yeah and I could also see Simon Pegg being more involved in the later episodes yeah like an episode where he's he finds out about the ghost stuff, something like that so yeah I could see a second season but I don't know if I want to keep going too far I guess I'd have to see how the rest of the the, the episodes go because I do feel like I got the sense of what the series was but I don't know if I got like everything they were going for because yeah. I feel like, yeah, there was still some stuff left unsaid or whatever. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that's it. Pretty much. We're back. We're, we're back, back, motherfuckers. But then we're going to be gone again. For one more episode maybe. before. Hey, 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 Michelle, edit that out. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Thanks for coming on, Michelle. You're busy podcaster. I mean, podcaster editor schedule. Yeah. Definitely. I heard you're going to edit the new Childish Gambino podcast, Secret Secret, Pilot Boys exclusive, people don't know. That's that's on the down low. Our we, executive producer. Yeah, we haven't really announced all that yet. Yeah, we, we don't like to talk about how much we know him. <laughs> Our friend. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, thanks for listening. Uh, rate us, I guess, or whatever. Reviews. Anything else? No. Uh, Alright, guys, well, thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye. Thanks. Bye.